Thank you, Angela. Come on, please, and turn to First Corinthians, chapter sixteen. Exodus twenty two thirty says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you this day for your word. We thank you that we can join together in this place and online. And Father, we know that where two or three are gathered together in your name, there are you in the midst, and we do pray that today that you administer to us on this Father's Day. Lord, may your word not only speak to fathers, may it speak to each and every one of us from grandparents through parents through children, Father God, that we might, from your word today, learn some principles that will guide our lives. Lord, we just pray that you'd guide our time in your word. Give me wisdom, I pray, from on high, to say only that which you would have me to say, and may your word speak to our hearts. May it challenge us, encourage us. And may we leave this place singing your praise, saying hallelujah, what a saviour. For this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. William Jones, captain of the U.S. Marines on the 28-gun frigate, the Providence, advertised in the March 20th, 1779, Providence Gazette, the need for a few good men to engage in a short cruise giving the U.S. Marines a recruiting slogan, a few good men that they still use 241 years later. In Ezekiel 22, verse 30, which we read earlier, God has his own recruitment call. When he says he was looking for a man who would stand in the gap to lead the nation of Israel in God's way, to lead the nation of Israel to serve the Lord. Among all Israel, God found none who would stand up, and therefore God allowed national destruction and disintegration to occur. And you know, today, here in the 21st century, in 2020, more than ever, what is needed is a few good men. Men and fathers who will stand in the gap for Jesus Christ. And so today is his Father's Day, Let's consider the closing words of Paul's epistle to the church at Corinth. Here in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. But here in this verse we have laid out some very practical Christian living uh, principles, if you like. God's calling for Christian men to stand in the gap, to stand up for Christ in these uncertain days. Now, while this is to fathers, and therefore to grandfathers today, these principles are for all of us. Okay, so whether you're young or old, male or female, uh, here today or online, uh, these principles are for all of us, but because it's Father's Day, I want to talk to grandfathers and to fathers today about these spiritual principles. So the first piece of practical advice that God gives to you and I is to be watchful he says in verse 13, watchy. Now the word watchy carries the idea of keep alert, be vigilant. The call here in this verse to believers, as the apostle brings his letter to the Corinthians to a close, as he's giving some final remarks, as he does in all of his letters, he tends to get very short and brief in his statements, but they're 
the, the words have impact, are powerful. Here the, the challenge to what you and I as believers is that we be on alert. This word watch is a military term. It speaks of orders given to those who are posted on sentinel duty. And those sentries are told to be uh, vigilant. They are instructed to keep awake on the job. To be vigilant, to observe the enemy, uh, to keep a watchful eye for the enemy who might be seeking to infiltrate the camp and attack the camp. The idea is that there was to be no sleeping at the post. There was to be no sleeping on duty. They were to watch. They were on watch. They were on guard. They were watching the camp. They were not to sleep while on duty. And in the same way, fathers, we're on guard duty. We're on guard duty over our families and grandparents too, grandfathers too. We're on guard duty over our families and we cannot afford to sleep while we're on duty. Because you know, you and I know this is a very real fact. We have a very real enemy. Not only for us as individuals, not only as us as a church, but an enemy of our families that's seeking to destroy families today all around the world. The family unit is under attack. Much of what's going on in the U.S. with regard to these protests against the establishment, one of the things they want to do is tear down the family. The nuclear family is a thing of the past. Families are under attack. And we know that 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that we're to be sober, be vigilant. That word vigilant means be watchful, be on alert, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. There's a need for us to be alert. There's a need for us to be vigilant. There's a need for us to be awake and not asleep at the post because there is a very real enemy seeking to attack and destroy the very principles upon which we stand. You know, the Apostle Paul here is telling us to be watchful and telling us to be watchful was saying, wake up and stay awake. Keep your eyes open. Keep a vigilant uh, look for the activities and the tactics of the enemy. The enemy of our soul. We need to be a, have a vigilant watch and more than ever in church history, in this generation in which we live, there needs to be a vigilant watch set over our souls. I, mean, I don't need to remind anyone here today that we're in the midst of a very real spiritual battle. We live in a generation whereby Christianity, the faith, the word of God, the very principles of God's word are under attack. We are living in the midst of a very real spiritual battle. And there are enemies seeking to, to uh, spiritually shipwreck our families. To destroy their lives, to kill their testimonies, to steal their joy. The family is something we need to protect. You know, Satan would like you and I to think that there is no conflict at all. That the world is, you know, moving towards utopia. The world is moving towards world peace. The world is moving towards a, a better world. That's what the world would like us to hope for anyway. And today far too many who claim to be followers of Christ are slumbering. 
having been lulled to sleep by the lullabies of the world and the lullabies of Satan, we have a vast majority of those who call themselves Christian who are just lulled into submission and following the world and everywhere it goes. The challenge for us as fathers and grandfathers today is that we're to watch lest the enemies of truth and the enemies of holiness and the enemies of God should silently sneak up and subvert our families away from the Lord. Our greatest treasure as parents, our greatest treasure as grandparents is our children and our grandchildren. They're our great treasure. They're, they're who we should be praying for. We should be praying that they're protected from the wiles of the devil. They're protected from the throes of this world. That they keep their focus firmly upon Christ. That they simply want to do his will, that they grow up loving the Lord, they grow up serving the Lord. We ought to protect them with our prayers and with our testimony. We ought to be vigilant, be watchful. First, Timothy, First Thessalonians 5, 6 says, Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch. The second piece of practical advice is not only to be watchful, but stand fast. Verse 13 again, watchy, stand fast. You know, the reality is if we fail to be watchful, we'll not be able to obey this command to stand fast. Or as one commentator who seemed to have a bit of wit about him said this, men who are asleep just don't stand very well. Which I thought was very, very good. Okay, if you're sleeping, you don't stand very well. Now this word, stand fast, is another military term. Paul has spent a bit of time around Roman soldiers, I guess he understood a bit about this. This is another military term given to, in the heat of the battle. This one is stand firm. It means don't break rank. Okay, when the heat of the battle, what you need is for the ranks not to break. Because if the enemy can break through the rank, they can come in behind and they can cause all sorts of havoc. And so the idea is that you maintain the ranks. You don't break rank. And men, for the sake of our families, we must stand firm. We must hold our position in the face of severe attacks of the devil upon the family. We must hold our position. The easy thing to do as dads, the easy thing to do as grandparents, the easy thing to do as parents, the easy thing to do as believers is to give in. The hard thing is to stand fast. The hard thing is to hold the position when everything around us is seemingly crumbling, when the world is heading headlong to the tribulation, seemingly at great pace now, like it's never been before. I don't know about you, but it, you know, uh, Pastor and I were talking about this week, you know, you can almost wondering when the trumpet's going to sound. And if it's not, I hate to think how bad it's going to get if the Lord tarries for another 10, 20 years. We really need to pray for our children and our grandchildren. And what's required of us is that we stand firm, that we don't break ranks, that we hold the position. That irrespective of the, of the barrage of, uh, of things that are coming upon the family and maybe even from our children themselves saying, why can't I? We need to hold the position for the sake of our families and the future. 
There was a famous king by the name of Philip II of Macedon. He desperately needed his army to stand firm, so he came up with two major innovations for which he is famous. The first innovation was a very long spear. The second innovation was a rectangular military formation known as a phalanx. A corps of highly military trained infantrymen armed with the long spears of Philip stood shoulder to shoulder in files normally of eight men deep. And so long as they stood firm, so long as they did not break rank, they were virtually invincible and they struck fear in the hearts of their enemies. Using this tactic, Philip united the Greek uh, states, cities, and took the city of Philippi, for which the city was named after Philip, in 356 B.C. And like Philip, as Christian soldiers and as deed as fathers and grandfathers, we're commanded to stand fast the faith to whole rank. Like Philip's army, we're commanded by Christ, don't break the rank. One commentator said this, there are too many people today who blow hot and cold. They're one thing in one company and quite different in another But the servant of Christ, the child of God, should be one who realizes that there has been committed to him the greatest of all possibilities, uh, uh, possible responsibilities, and therefore he is to stand fast in the faith. And notice what it says, stand fast in the faith. That's where we're standing, in the faith, in the principles and the truths of God's word. Standing fast in the faith. Those things that were handed down from generation to generation that have been recorded in the Word of God, this divine revelation, this is the faith. And we're to stand fast in the faith. You know, if there's one thing this pandemic has shown us is how easy it is for governments to shut down societies and how easy it would be for them to stop us doing what we ought to do because God tells us to do it. And how, you know, the popularity has risen of these premiers who just uh, seem to continually uh, enact Gretonian measures. And the premier who has the least approval rating is our premier, who's doing what's probably the best for the society. The the premiers who have locked everything down have got higher approval ratings. And that tells you an awful lot about mankind, not so much about the premiers. And we live in a generation whereby it is potentially possible for us to find that standing firm in the faith is more vital than ever. The command is for all of us, beloved. The stand fast of the faith is not just for fathers, not just for grandfathers, it's for every believer here today. Whether you be young or old, what you need to do is stand firm on the faith. But as men and the heads of our homes, we need to, find, need to be firm in holding and defending the truths of the Bible. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14, we read, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins good about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. You need to stand. As believers and as fathers, we are engaged in spiritual warfare. The battle is raging all around us. There are unseen wicked forces in action in every day of our lives. And it's imperative that we stand fast, that we don't break the ranks for the sake of our children and grandchildren. God needs someone to stand in the gap. God's looking for a few good men who will stand firm, will not break ranks for the glory of God. The third piece of practical advice is not only watch ye stand fast in the faith, but it's quit you like men. Quit ye like men. <laughs> Somebody's laughing because they remember Frank Hamrick's uh, take on quit you like men, uh, where Frank said, that's it, I'm, I'm going to be a man, I'm going to quit everything. I'm just going to quit it. I'm going to quit eating, going to quit grooming, going to quit combing my hair. That's not quite what it means. Paul uses another military command here. And it literally means play the man or act like a man. This word occurs nowhere else in the New Testament. It's the only place this ever comes. There's the only time this Greek word is used. And it seems like the Apostle Paul wanted to, and the Lord wanted to make an emphasis on this point. It means to render one manly. Which means to render one brave. To show yourself to be a man, that is, not to be a coward, not to be timid, or be alarmed by the enemies, but to be bold and brave. This kind of fits this military theme, doesn't it? Okay, we are to watch. We're over on guard. We're the, we're the, the watch. We're standing firmly, keeping watch against the enemy, and we're not sleeping. We're not sleeping on the job. And then when we go, have to go out into the battle, we're to... Make sure that we don't break ranks, that we stand firm in the faith. And to do that, we need to be brave. We need to be not cowards. We need to have some spiritual backbone. We need to stand firm. Rather, if we're going to stand firm, then we need to have some spiritual backbone. We need to be men. Be bold. Be brave. You know, in the light of the spiritual warfare that was raging all around us today, this is a call to men and to fathers, to grandfathers, to show the courage to live courageous and bold in this Christian life in this generation. See, our children ought to be able to look up to us and our grandchildren ought to be able to look up to us and see a godly example there ought to be somebody that they want to be like. They ought to be able to see somebody they want to follow. They, they ought to be able to see in us a godly example, somebody who is spiritually committed to the Lord, someone who is faithful to the Lord, someone who cannot be moved, someone who firmly stands upon the Word of God. 
You know, many places there's a great lack of spiritual maturity among Christians today. And because of that, there's a lack of spiritual leadership today. And that lack of spiritual leadership is also found in the home. And when there's no spiritual leadership in the home, then it's the source. It's the source of families falling prey to doctrinal heresy, to being distracted by the world, to the destruction of, of uh, moral standards, the destruction of faithfulness to God, destruction of, uh, of obedience to the word of God. It's all happening because of a failure today of spiritual leadership. For the sake of our families, men, we must act like men, spiritual men, strong spiritual leaders. In other words, we need to have the courage to stand in the gap. Have the courage to stand up for Jesus Christ and live for the Lord and set an example and take a firm stand in our homes for the glory of God. Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You see, if, if we as men and, grandpa, uh, and uh, as fathers and grandfathers, if we are not spiritually strong, then there will be, we will be tossed about by every wind of doctrine like children. Because the enemy lies in wait to deceive, to deceive us, to deceive our families, to deceive our children. And they need to be able to look to us for leadership. They may not always like the stand we take. They may not always like the fact we say we're going to do this because that's what's right. But we need to take the stand. Even in the face of their protest, we still have to stand. That's the only way the next generation will be preserved in righteousness so that the light of the gospel might shine brightly again in the next generation and the generation after it for as long as the Lord tarries. It's up to us in this generation to pass on to the next generation an example of faithful, brave, spiritual leadership for the glory of God. You know, the Apostle Paul is simply telling the Corinthian believers to grow up and behave in a manly fashion. He really doesn't want them to be fickle children, but to have the courage to live for Christ in a world that is hostile to Christianity. Now, in the days of Corinth, the world was hostile to Christianity. It was a very difficult place to live. But we now live in a generation that is equally hostile to Christianity. The danger today is that hostility is more subtle, more brazen than it's ever been before, which seems like a contradiction of terms, I know. But, you know, there is this subtle move that's going on in our society where there's a drift taking place away from the principles of God's word. And then when the governments act, there's an abrasion decision made that we look at Christians and say, how did we get here? 
Now, Pastor Dyer, we're talking about this again this week, you know, it shouldn't surprise us when governments make decisions that totally go against the word of God, but we get surprised every time. But we shouldn't be surprised because there is a subversive nature about the devil and the workers of darkness in this world that's happening. It's happening all around us. It's been taught in the schools. It's been taught in our universities. It's been taught in society. You listen to the media. Everywhere you go, we have been bombarded with an anti-God, anti-righteousness mentality in the movies, in the magazines, wherever you go, it's been taught to all of us. And then all of a sudden, as believers, the government says, this is the new rule. And we say, wow, why did they do that? Well, it shouldn't surprise us. Because the devil is bent on the destruction of the nuclear family and society as we know it, because that way he can get control. That's why we need to be brave. Even when our faith is not popular, we need to be brave. One commentator made this comment. He said, many Christians have a Peter Pan syndrome where they want to live in a child's carefree attitude towards life, doing whatever makes them feel good, avoiding anything that might obligate them. And they have committed themselves to non-commitment. Men, for the sake of our families, we need to commit ourselves to live godly lives. To quit ourselves like men, to stand in the gap, to live for the Lord because the Lord is looking for a man who will stand in the gap. Will we be those men? The fourth priest of practical advice is not only watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, but then he says, be strong. Be strong. The idea here is become strong. This is growing in strength. Be strengthened. Increase in your spiritual strength. It's the idea of becoming strong in the faith. Watch ye stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. He wants us to be strong in the faith. A weak and cowardly soldier Somebody once said, a weak and cowardly soldier is a pitiful sight, but a weak-kneed, cowardly Christian, more so. That's why Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 tells us, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We're to be strong. You see, in this imagery of this battle that we're facing where we're standing on watch, looking for as sentinels, looking for the attack of the enemy, and then going forth to meet the enemy front on in in our ranks, making sure we don't break ranks, that we're standing fast in the faith, that we're brave in the face of the enemy, that we have a, a boldness to stand. In order to do that, we have to be strong. We have to have some spiritual strength. Because we can talk about being watchful. We can talk about standing fast in the faith. We can talk about being quickly like men, being men, being brave. 
But if that's all talk and there is no strength and we don't actually have any physical muscles, so spiritual muscles, we will not stand. And like a soldier, he can talk about all those things, but when he actually gets to face the enemy, if you know he's a weakling and, and really has no strength whatsoever, he's not going to be able to battle the enemy regardless of how much he wants to. We have to be strong. See, much of the unbelief and the indifference of these days is caused by a weakness of professing Christians. We have an awful lot of Christianity today that is teaching something that is profoundly wrong. That is not the biblical principles. We actually, those of us who actually believe in the word of God, believe it's the inspired revelation of God and is to be therefore the very foundation of what we believe and where we stand and what we do in church is preach the word of God. We are few and far between, beloved. For the most part, Christianity is moving to a very touchy-feely kind of secular socialism kind of preaching which makes you feel good, but doesn't actually help you to be spiritually strong. A lot of believers out there are getting fed fairy floss instead of strong meat. Instead of going to the spiritual gymnasium and getting some spiritual strength, they're sitting down in the spiritual easy chair, just enjoying life. Somebody said, when a man can point to a soldier of Christ who has deserted his post and fled from the battle, it is no wonder that he hesitates to join the army. What we need today is strong dads. What we need today is strong grandparents who will remain at their posts as strong spiritual leaders in their homes. Dads who can sustain hope in the midst of tragedy who can encourage their families by their example, dads who by their Christian commitment, consistency and compassion set a godly example for the next generation. We need strong men. We need strong fathers, strong grandfathers who will resist the devil, who will resist the world, who will stand up for the defense of the gospel, men who will stand in the gap for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in order to become and stay strong as believers and strong as fathers, then we need some spiritual nourishment. That is, beloved, that we have to become strong through the Word. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. When writing to the young men, as John does here, this aged prophet, this aged disciple, this aged apostle, somewhere around the hundred years of age now, you know, he's in his 90s, and it says that as he addressed these people, he's, uh, you know, very mature in the faith now. He's addressing the young men, and as he addresses the young men, the Apostle says this in verse 14. He says, uh, 
middle of the verse, but let me read the whole verse. He says, I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. Then he says, I have written unto you young men because ye are strong. He wrote unto the young men because they were strong. The question is, how did they get strong? Well, he tells us in verse 14. He says, I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you. And therefore you have overcome the wicked one. Their strength came from the word of God. Their strength came from their time in God's word. Their strength came from their relationship to their God through the word. And as we feed upon the Word of God, as we meditate upon the Word of God, as the, word, as the truth of God's Word permeates us, gets into our souls and gets into our hearts, we get the strength that we need to stand. Strength that we cannot attain in any other way. You and I get the nourishment, the strength for the battle through the Word of God. This is our armory. If we're going to watch, if we're going to stand fast in the faith, if we're going to quit like men, be brave, then we're going to have to be strong. And the only way to be strong is through the nourishment of the Word of God. Read Psalm 119. The whole psalm is just over and over again. The psalmist talks about how he delights in the Word of God and how the Word of God works in his heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. Thy life is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path all way. We all know those verses. They're all Psalm 119. Over and over again, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, because that's where our strength is. Somebody said, show me a weak, wobbling believer, and I'll show you a Christian not giving very much time to meditation upon the Word of God. Show me one who is strong, devoted, earnest Christian, seeking only the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'll show you one who is living in the book. And therefore, fathers and grandfathers, we need to read this book daily. Psalm 119 and verse 28 says, My soul melteth for heaviness, Strengthen me according unto thy word. This is where we get our spiritual strength. Neglect the book and we will be weak. Neglect the book and we will not be brave in the face of battle. Neglect the book, we may well find that we don't stand fast in the faith because we don't know the faith. Neglect the book, we may well find ourselves asleep on duty. Men, for the sake of our families, we ought to strive to be spiritually strong and to stay spiritually strong through the meditation on the Word of God. What we need today as a Christian father is a good meal of spiritual nourishment. And we can only get that by spending time in this book. That's true for all of us believers. Whether you be young here today, whether you be older here today, whether you be a mum or a dad or a grandparent here today, the truth of the matter is the only place we're going to get spiritual strength is through the Word of God. That's why 
this time in church is so important. That's why Sunday night is so important. That's why Wednesday night is so important. That's why proteins are so important for the young people. That's why when the Lord allows us to have a wire and a sparks back, that's why that's so important. That's why Sunday school is important. Because we've got to be in the book. That's why family altar is important. We've got to be in the book. This book is the nourishment we need for the battle, folks. And if you're undernourished, you cannot stand in the face of opposition. We have to nourish ourselves in the Word. You know, we can do all the praying in the world that we might be a strong believer. Lord, help me be strong. Lord, help me be strong. But the reality is we never will be strong until we're feeding on the Word of God. You can pray for strength every day. And you know what God's answer will be? Read my word. Lord, make me strong. Help me to have a spiritual backbone. He'll say, read my word. Lord, help me to stand in the face of opposition. Meditate upon my word. Lord, help me to be a godly father. Meditate on my word. Help me to be a godly mother. Read my word. Help me to be a godly grandparent. Help me to be a godly teenager. Help me to be a godly young, per- young person. Read my word. There is no other way. This is the spiritual nourishment we need to gain the spiritual strength to stand in the face of the enemy. Men, fathers, grandfathers, let's be challenged today and reminded today that as dads and as granddads, we need to stand in the gap. The call that went out in Ezekiel's day that God was looking for a man to stand in the gap is still today. God is looking for men to stand in the gap. The Lord is looking for a few good men who will be godly fathers, who will be godly grandfathers. What our families need is for us to be real, to be strong, to be faithful, to be godly men who are leaders in our homes, to the glory of God. I wonder, men, are we willing to stand in the gap for the glory of God and for the hope of our families? I trust so. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you this day for your word. We thank you for the book of Corinthians. We thank you for this challenge in this one verse, Father God, of the belief, uh, Paul to the believers at Corinth, we pray, Father, that as we this day think of our fathers and grandfathers, you'd help us, Father, as men, to be strong, to be alert, to be brave, to be willing, Father, to take the battle to the enemy, to be bold and strengthened by your word that we might stand in the gap that we might be found to be some of those few good men that you're looking for that this generation the next generation the generation to come as long as you tarry may indeed be strong for you to the glory of God bless now as we close the service we pray in Jesus name